365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store. Hello, and you're very welcome to episode 27 of Purple Psychology. I'm Marie O'Riordan. Thank you for listening in 54 countries around the world, and thank you for sharing the episodes with people you know they can help. Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, you're welcome. Thank you. Also, you can join the website purplepsychology.com. I love hearing your stories and your questions. And it's great when there are people around the world meeting once a week to listen to the podcast and discuss the topics. So thank you for letting us know about that in your different niches. Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, I think it's a compliment when the media and some of the biggest bloggers out there and people in the news from TED Talks are using our topics in their blogs and in radio shows. You have other thoughts. Yeah, I, I find it a bit irritating. I've always found copying irritating, um, but it does seem like every time I pick a topic, it turns up on certain blogs. There's a little bit of tit for tat this week. Um, so there's a lot of articles that I've read in the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to cover some of the reasons why I don't like them. So there was one particular article that I gave to you to read, and you had a very different take on it. Yeah, it was about success and success actually leading to failure in an academic sense. And I mean, I'm one of the biggest academic failures out there and found success in the business world. So just did it in a different way. But you are the expert here. So I'm more interested and I know our listeners are more interested in your take on this. Yeah, so the idea of it being a gift of failure, um, I find quite hard to, to reckon with because Though the students that come to me all have vastly different stories and they're from different continents and different backgrounds and there's different reasons that they come to me, they all have in common that they're failing. That's the only thing they have in common, actually. So it, it's quite it's quite funny. And everybody has a fundamental need to be able to do things. So whereas I do think it's good to be allowed to make mistakes and I encourage my teachers not to be infallible and when they actually make a mistake, you know, particularly working out a maths problem, to actually not try and cover it up, to show that they've made a mistake and that, you know, everybody makes mistakes. And then, you know, the idea is, is that probably most of the class will go away remembering that mistake and the fact that there was a bit of a laugh about it. Oh God, even the teacher could get it wrong. Um, but there's a big difference between mistakes and failure and being made to feel as if there's a, a failure. And so this article, it really, the idea of it being helpful in the learning environment to encourage failure just didn't stretch with me because when I set up the Purple Learning Project and I, the, the tagline to it is develop your love of learning. And the reason for this was that I felt in the homework club that everybody did love learning again, but they loved it because they could do it. And because they went away feeling like they could do everything that had been given to them in a way that they could do. And that they left the building and went back to conventional school and got higher grades. And that made them feel good about themselves. And their stature changed. They t stood taller. They were happier. They went out into the world. They tried new um, clubs and societies that they wouldn't have been willing to try before. And it was a real trigger because they felt successful, not because they were still continuing to do badly. I think it's important as well when we work with people that they see that 
perfectionism is actually something we're not striving for? Yes, I do agree, but but you have to reckon too that with some personalities that actually they do need things to be kind of perfect and they do have their level of perfection and there's no point just saying, oh, it'll be fine, you know, just just don't bother. As you say in Ireland, Asher, it'll be grand. <laughs> and the other side of this is that some personalities must have praise and must have encouragement. And so the idea of... Is sort of doing badly and that being okay for them and everybody sort of sort of backing away and sort of leaving them to it to do badly and thinking that they're going to learn from it. It I I guarantee you with with one particular chunk of people I know that will never work. And also with the personalities of different nationalities, we had a meeting last night with a client who's moving to a pretty strict European country at the weekend. And I found it quite interesting that some of the comments already are they're they're super super specific and it's. Oh yeah, you're Irish. <laughs> yeah, we we do tend to be a bit more lax here. We don't tend to conform to as many rules, and we we tend to go with the flow a bit more. And and other people find that hard to to deal with in Europe because they're quite regimented. I found that in Germany that when I would speak about the weather, it was very much frowned upon until they came to Ireland and realised we had every season in the year in about four hours. <laughs> yeah, there's various things you just have to get used to. Um, but yeah, but like to bring this back around, like I think for me, a lot of the articles that I've been re- reading recently, I think the problem I have with them is that it's just another way of doing one size fits all. So we know one size doesn't fit all in conventional education. And now we're kind of writing about lots of topics, um, but we're just kind of doing it one size fits all in a new way. So now it's OK for everybody to fail when actually there's a percentage of people who really couldn't cope with that. Because we work so much when it comes to methods and legacy and leaving behind documented evidence, it's very important actually the type of ink and paper we use here. Yeah, that that, that wasn't the only train of thought I, I was thinking about. It, we do use paper that survives and, and ink that's compatible. But more what I was thinking about is we're in the back to school weeks and every stationery shop and bookshop throughout the country is stuffed full of new copybooks. And every year I grind my teeth because they are all entirely full of lines. And one of the strange things about visual stress is that I didn't actually know there was lines in the copybook until I got my glasses, my tinted glasses, when I was in second year in secondary school. Is that the Erling yeah. syndrome glasses? Yeah. Do you so, want to talk a bit about that, what those Erling glasses are? No, we'll cover that in another episode again. Okay. Um, but, but every copybook has lines, okay? And I don't use any notebooks that have lines. Um, we don't allow any of our clients to use lined copybooks and I predominantly don't use white either and um, now so I know that there's very few copybooks out there that actually come in different colors you can occasionally get yellow pads but the type of paper you actually use determines how you think so lines are really kind of conforming and we spend a lot of time worrying about keeping our writing on on the lines and it actually really stifles our expression so if I want to work with somebody off bat I will always work with them on a blank sheet of paper to map out their ideas and if I think they're finding it difficult I will start with a larger sheet of paper so quite often we start um, 
with A3 or A2 sheets of paper, and then we'll work back to A4, um, so that it constrains as people have actually managed to get their ideas now out. Now, these are European sizes, so for our American and international audiences, they can look it up. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, so it, it's fairly standard in Europe to think about A4, A2 and A3. Um, but if you then want to map something out in a way um, and actually sort of, you know, do detailed work, I always use squared paper. Um, and it's very good for, for maths in particular and for a lot of science subjects. You're kind of encouraged to use graph paper and that sort of thing. So when we actually work with clients, I always have a blank pad and a squared pad. And I alternate between the two depending on what I'm doing. Um, and I quite like dotted pages as well because they're kind of an in-between. But I do not understand why all copy books in school are lined. It makes no sense to me. We also have banned... It was funny because... Both of us, before we even started working together, before we even knew each other, both of us had banned black pens completely. Yes, I, I, it, the best colours, for instance, to use on whiteboards, if there's any teachers listening out there, are blue and purple. Um, they're the two easiest, they're easiest to read, and then you put in other colours. But black is actually the most difficult colour to use on a whiteboard to read. You have a little story you want to tell. It involves parents, children and ice cream. Yes, this is one of the ones, you know, this probably during the week where I find it hardest to kind of sit on my hands and not get involved. There's always these little scenarios that take place around me and I sort of go, oh, I really want to go over and say something. Um, so this week's was, um, I was in a public space and it was a really, really hot day and there was a small kid of maybe about three or four who had had an ice cream bought for him. And it was really cool ice cream because you kind of, it had, it was in um, one of those tubes and you kind of pushed it up and the ice cream kind of went up along the tube. And he was really enjoying it, but he wasn't able to eat ice cream and walk at the same time because he, he just he didn't have that much coordination. And he was the sort of little personality that gets caught up in his own little world, too. So he was completely absorbed in his ice cream and he just really wanted to enjoy it. And these parents kept walking 100 yards ahead of him and screaming back at him like, you know, oh, can you not walk at the same time as eating your ice cream? And basically, like, just, like, completely annihilated him to all in sundry around while he just wanted to enjoy his ice cream. And they just didn't seem to grasp that actually they just needed to wait and let him eat his ice cream or walk a bit slower or just let him catch up or do whatever. But actually, that level of hassling somebody and hassling them over keeping time and not being ready in time and hassle in the morning, you know, you're never, you're always late and all these, these things, different scenarios that take place in the home. They actually are really destructive on people because some people are not naturally good at time management, but that level of hassle to do with it actually leads to a lot of anxiety in life and it doesn't actually fix the problem. It doesn't make you better time manager. I'm sure you can use me as a guinea pig. A prime example of bad coordination in kids. I was that kid. I still am that adult. Yeah, but like it shouldn't matter. And, and it shouldn't have been such a spectacle for everybody around. And I, I, just, I just sometimes don't understand why adults don't step outside themselves and see what they're actually doing. It took me a while, but I think I can now chew gum and walk at the same time. <laughs> I am joking. Yeah. So kind yeah. of. So we'll finish up on that story this week. Thank you for tuning in to episode 27 of Purple Psychology. You can go to the website purplepsychology.com. Thanks also for listening in 54 countries and sharing the episodes with people you know can be helped with the topics. Look forward to speaking to you next time. 365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. 
The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes, and Marie O'Reardon. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store.